0: Hello, I'm coming to you from William Whitley Park. It's a sunny day, breezy outside, so I'm sitting in my car so that I can have a clearer microphone. Uh, It is a beautiful day, a good day for a walk. I'm going to have a reading for you in Romans chapter 12, and further along, I think, we'll see how far I get. I might interject with a few comments here and there. Uh, But this is primarily to follow Paul's instruction to Timothy when he told him to attend to the public reading of scripture to teaching and exhortation. This was both for the benefit of believers in the church. They didn't all have a Bible to carry around as we do today. Some had readier access to scriptures than we do. that were in parchment rolls. Uh, So the public reading of scripture was very important to hear and to know the word of God. Uh, So along that line, I continue, because there are still many today who are not reading scripture or the Bible, even though it may be uh, available to them and to some not some, it's harder to have access. Uh, Those who do not have access to Scripture at all probably do not have access to (laughs) maybe digital devices either. With that lengthy introduction, I'm going to begin in chapter 12 of Romans. Uh, On my uh, channel, Voices in the Garden on YouTube, I'm doing studies in Romans. Uh, We're not this far. We're still in chapter 3 there. Romans 2 beginning in Romans 12 excuse me Romans 12 beginning in verse 1 reading from the English Standard Version I appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God which is your spiritual service Um, you could also read brothers and sisters by the way It was a patriarchal society, and in the original Greek, the emphasis is often given in the male gender, often inclusive of mankind, which is somewhat offensive to the ear today because we are so concentrated on gender inclusiveness. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it can be made too much of, and we need to remember Uh, history and antiquity and attitudes. Uh, Women were certainly second-class citizens, and sadly so, uh, less than second-class, often on the level of uh, servants or slaves. as were children, Uh, both Christ and Paul are overturning those things in their teachings. Uh, There should be something on this uh, phrase, which is your spiritual worship, Um, Another translation is rational or reasonable service. Many Bibles give that alternate reading in the margin. Uh, Paul is speaking here of a transformation, and it takes place in the mind. Uh, (coughs) Excuse me. In the reason, uh, in knowledge. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Uh, Testing the will of God is through the word of God, uh, as well as life experience. We're not to be conformed to this world, its values, uh, its ungodliness, its unrighteousness. Uh, We are of a counterculture Uh, the kingdom of God. And we're not to be uh, radical in trying to make some disturbance in the culture, but preaching Christ and Him crucified will, in fact, create a disturbance. This transformation by the renewal of our mind is, as we read scripture, as the Spirit comes to us, as the Spirit of Truth, Jesus called him. We change our minds. We change what we believe. We have a transformation in the way we think, in what we think. We become more reasonable. We're not dominated by uh, our emotions, negative or positive. Um, Our feelings then become balanced because they grow out of uh, a rational experience with Christ himself, listening, understanding, receiving his wisdom and his word, and his mind becomes our mind to that extent. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Sober judgment again, appealing to the reason. For as in one body we have many members and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. If prophecy, In proportion to our faith. Prophecy, by the way, in its modern iteration is thought of as uh, forecasting the future, uh, foretelling the future. Uh, And there is that aspect of it, but that is not the dominant thought as I see it in Scripture. Um, The prophets brought to the people the Word of God. The word for their life situation in that day and there was a foretelling the word of god as it applied to things to come uh, it was not a uh, fantastical sensational thing this prophesying it wasn't to make a name for oneself but to declare the word of god that had been given to them it is said that the testimony of jesus is also the spirit of prophecy you can read that in revelation 19:10. And so when you read the teachings of Jesus, his spirit, uh, in the Gospels and throughout the scriptures, the whole scriptures are the testimony of Jesus in a sense. Uh, You get an idea of what it means, Jesus being a prophet himself, having the spirit of prophecy. He had the spirit of prophecy when he was telling parables, when he was healing, uh, when he was proclaiming the word of God. Uh, he lived as a prophet among men and women. In proportion to our faith, if service in serving the one who teaches, if, in, if, excuse me, if service in our service serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness, Something on this list of spiritual gifts, there's another list in Ephesians chapter four, um, as well as first Corinthians chapter 12. The lists vary, but they put prophecy, teaching, exhortation at the top of the list. Um, And then there's a progression of uh, importance of the gifts. All gifts are important, but uh, there are different members of the body that have different functions Uh, the teaching of the Word of God is a high priority in the spiritual gifts. Verse 9, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. There's a great humility in true love. Uh, Humility of... Our understanding of ourself in relation to others, giving greater honor to others, is an act of love, Uh, it's an act of respect for them. Uh, We should honor others above ourselves, not always seeking the highest place, really not seeking the highest place at all. If God has a place higher for us, then let's wait on Him to put us there. Do not be slothful in zeal, but fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoicing in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. We don't have to feel good about persecution to bless others. We don't even have to feel good about them and what they're doing in order to love them, to do right by them, to seek their good. Uh, The hungry may treat us in a demanding spirit. They may treat us even despitefully not even appreciating the food or the clothing that are given them. Uh, They may feel entitled. Uh, We still love them by uh, meeting their needs in Christ. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Isn't that a great empathy, coming close to others? Often, the best ministry that we can give is simply to be with others, uh, a Christian presence for them, both in their rejoicing um, and in their weeping. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. We don't purchase peace um, by compromising the truth, but we don't have to declare all that we know at one time. We don't have to constantly be in conflict with others who we disagree with. We should find as much harmony as we can, uh, likeness of mind, and then from there we can discuss differences and if possible so far as it depends on you live peaceably with all beloved never avenge yourselves but leave it to the wrath of god for it is written vengeance is mine i will repay says the lord we're not qualified to judge the hearts of others nor are we qualified to judge their fate there is a secular authority that god um, backs that uh, renders punishment for civil crimes, even for moral crimes. Um, That varies from culture to culture and sometimes that gets very confusing. God uh, exercises his punishment, his vengeance upon sin, his retribution um, in his own time and in his own way. Sometimes he uses human beings to do that, but it's a collective, it's never usually, rarely ever one individual who's taking things into their own hands. Um, God makes it very clear here. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. This is turning the other cheek for the individual Christian. Uh, Now he's going to take up... uh, the authority that God has put in place to exercise uh, law over um, groups of people, nations. Uh, chapter 13, 1. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. It doesn't mean that he approves everything that authority does any more than he would have approved Hitler or Stalin. And yet he had allowed them to have authority. Uh, I believe that they were used of God uh, in ways that are mysterious to us. Therefore whoever resists the authorities resist what God has appointed and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is an authority? then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant for your good. Now this does define a certain type of authority that God has instituted. Um, It is not the despotic king. It is not the uh, dictators like Hitler, Stalin, Mussolini in our own times, Pol Pot, uh, Idi Amin. we won't mention any American politicians, that have a despotic attitude. Uh, This is sound government that God is here speaking of. What should we resist? What should we do for those who are um, clearly ruling with an evil intent? Well, vengeance does belong to God, he said, and he will take care of those things. I don't believe in militant um, resistance, but uh, if we are commanded to do something that is against the will of God, then we obey God rather than man, and that conflict intensifies under dictatorships. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, For he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection, not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. Some could conceivably read that as Hitler carrying out God's will in some way, uh, punishing the Jews. There is that anti-Semitic spirit uh, in the world that would interpret uh, Uh, this text, even in that way, or in some other um, situation where they want their enemies to be punished and they will interpret uh, any mishap or any cruelty or any um, uh, abuse or violence against their enemies as just retribution in the will of God. Uh, I'd be very careful uh, with that kind of reading for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law of God. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and any other commandment are summed up in this word, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And we see here a very clear indication in the book of Romans that Paul supports the Ten Commandments. He doesn't mention the fourth commandment or the other three in the beginning. Not here, but he certainly does have something to say about idolatry. Um, I mention this because many feel that the Sabbath is somehow bracketed out of the Ten Commandments. But it too is the fulfillment of love to God, uh, while the last six are love to man. And keeping the law of God is fulfilling. The love of God in Christ. And I say in Christ because no one can keep the law of themselves. We must have the righteousness of Christ, Christ Himself living in us, or we can't obey the God, uh, the law of God. Uh, the natural heart is at enmity with God. It says in Romans eight, um, it's not natural for us to submit our will to Him because of the sinfulness of our natures. There has to be a rebirth. Uh, Uh, being born again of his spirit before we can fulfill the law of God. And we see here, therefore, that all sin is a violation of love. If we fail to love, we have sinned. If we have sinned, we fail to love. Beside this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. outlined here what the desires of the flesh are. He's given not an exhaustive list, but he's listed orgies, drunkenness, sexual immorality, sensuality, uh, quarreling, and jealousy. All of these things are sins against love, love to God, and love to each other. Don't make any provision for the flesh. That is, don't feed the flesh. Don't provide for the flesh. Uh, In the movies that you watch, uh, in the sports, any entertainment, in your socializing, in the things that you see with your eyes and hear with your ears. Uh, shut down those avenues to the flesh and let it die out for starvation. Uh, feed yourself on spiritual things, those things that glorify God. Uh, stay away from the drugs and the alcohol, the, the drunkenness which takes place even the smallest amount uh, has an effect upon the brain, uh, our rationality. When the peace of God is ruling in our heart, we won't turn to those things. Um, and they are a temptation and they're a false promise of help, really. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. I think I'll stop there. Uh, I was going to maybe read on 14, 15. We're at about 20 minutes, and that's a lengthy uh, exposition. Uh, I said more than I intended, but um, this is for family as well as friends. Uh, I have several in mind. Um, not too many listen to this podcast at the moment, but I'm hoping that in time people will come back to these things. Uh, I have a, a more viewership, more more subscribers. Uh, more hours watched on my uh, YouTube channel, Voices in the Garden. Uh, It's YouTube at Jan McKenzie. You can find me there if uh, you so desire. Uh, Thank you for your time, and let me close with prayer for you. Father in heaven, we come to you in your word because your word is truth. Jesus said, Sanctify them, Father, in the truth, your word is truth. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, that there's no disagreement between your spirit and your word, and that we can rely upon uh, your word to teach us and your spirit to empower us, to give us understanding and wisdom of your word. I thank you for the word of forgiveness and peace that you offer to us, that being justified by faith, we have peace with our God, that through faith in Jesus and his blood, we can have his righteousness credited to us, given to us freely, so that we're counted as sinless through his righteousness, not in ourselves. Uh, we have struggles here, Lord. and. We ask you to fulfill these scriptures in our heart. Um, We know that prayer does not bring you down to us, but lifts us up to you. And so we ask that as we come to you, uh, to your heavenly presence in Christ, through his blood, that you will fulfill your promises. I pray that for each one that's listening. I pray that for myself, uh, Father, that your love will fill our hearts and it will be a knowledgeable love, a wise love, a love that teaches us the highest morality in Christ, uh, that we would rightly represent your character and your purposes, that we would be one with you in character and in purpose as Christ himself was one with you on this earth and that in this oneness with each other and with you, the world may know that we uh, are your disciples and that there is a living God. We thank you, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen.